the seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Drive? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, my7chakras.com, the show where we provide you information on self healing, self realization, and abundance. And today's video is all about soulmates and how you can turn your mate into your soulmate and rekindle the magic and the magnetism that brought you into this relationship in the first place. But before that, we're going to quickly read out our latest iTunes review by Narayani in the US. USA, who says, My Seven Chakras is one of a kind. The energy you feel between the host and the guest is uplifting and positive, as well as the vast wisdom and truth they speak. They are not afraid to talk about their vulnerabilities, making this podcast very real and relatable, showing the true obstacles during one's journey to enlightenment. This podcast has a unique way of being perfect for people just beginning a spiritual journey and longtime truth seekers alike. It's very real, knowledgeable and positive nature will leave you feeling refreshed, happy, and motivated. So thanks a lot for this review. If you'd like for your review to be featured as well, it's simple. Go to my7chakras.com forward slash review, my7chakras.com forward slash review. All right. So our special guest for today is a leading personality in the personal growth and contemporary spiritual movement. For the past 30 years, she has been living, teaching, and promoting consciousness through all forms of media. She is a celebrated love and relationship expert, author, speaker, and is the co-creator and host of Evolving Wisdom's Art of Love series. As a president of the Ford Group, she was widely recognized as America's foremost book publicist and was instrumental in launching the careers of many New York Times best-selling self-help authors, including Deepak Chopra, Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen, Neil Donald Walsh, Don Miguel Ruiz, and Debbie Ford. She has also written many groundbreaking books, including Turn Your Mate into Your Soulmate, A Practical Guide to Happily Ever After, and Wabi Sabi Love, The Ancient Art of Finding Perfect Love in Imperfect Relationships, and Turn Your Mate into Your Soulmate. So, as you can imagine, today's episode is going to be super exciting, so make sure that you listen till the very end. And Action Tribe, our guest for today is Ariel Ford. So, Ariel, are you ready to inspire? I am ready, AJ, and thanks for creating this amazing platform for people to receive inspiration. Awesome, awesome. And, you know, just yesterday I posted this in our Facebook group, and it seemed like people are really, really, really interested, uh, not just in finding their soulmates, but also having that mate and turning that mate into their soulmate by doing these specific things and these acting on these principles that we're going to explore in today's episode. So once again, thanks a lot for joining us on the show. And we usually begin our show with some inspiration. So is there an inspirational quote in your mind right now uh, that you'd like, love to share with us? And, and, and how do you apply that quote in your life? Please. 
Well, I would say my favorite quote is, it's a both and world. It's mm-hmm. both the way you say it is and the way I say it is. And that's absolutely critical to having a good relationship because as long as you're taking a position, I'm right and you're wrong, mm-hmm. you're not going to have a lot of love there. So if you can understand that we actually do live in a both end world. You know, we grew up in different households and different containers and different points of view. So I'll see the world one way and AJ, you'll see it another way. And that doesn't mean we can't have a loving, kind relationship, but it does require that we have open minds and open hearts and treat each other with kindness, love, and most importantly, respect. Got it, got it. Thanks a lot for sharing that. Action Tribe, I hope you're listening. I hope you're taking notes. Uh, Kindness can really transform any relationship. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have obstacles or difficulties, but if you have the right approach, then things will definitely change. Definitely change. Uh, So Ariel, what inspired you to write your book, Turn Your Mate Into Your Soulmate? (laughs) Well, It's kind of a funny story. I was a first-time bride at the age of 44. I waited a very long time to manifest my soulmate. And once I did that, I was completely certain that it was just going to be a piece of cake. You know, Mm -hmm. I got the right guy. He was just beyond all my expectations. But then we got married and started living together, and I quickly discovered that I had no partnership skills. Mm. I had no idea how to happily coexist with my soulmate. And I saw that if I didn't figure it out, I was just going to blow the whole thing up. So I devoted myself to becoming a student of love. I wanted to learn from all the experts out there, like what does it really take to have a great relationship? And I started exploring things right from the beginning, like what is love? You know, I discovered I didn't even know what love is. And most people don't. Most people think love is a feeling. Mm. Now, there are feelings to love. But once you're with your soulmate, there will be days when you hate them. But it doesn't mean that you don't love them. So, you know, the first lesson I got was that love is first and foremost a behavior. Mm. It's a practice. It's an action. It's a decision, it's a choice, it's a way of being. And the state that we call being in love, the state Mm -hmm. that so many people think is love, is actually just nature's trick to get us to procreate the species. It's just the world's greatest drug high. And our brains are cascading waves of dopamine and oxytocin and adrenaline, and we're just having the greatest time. But as everybody who's ever been in love has found out, it doesn't last. And it's not meant to last. It's just meant to bring us together. Mm. Uh, For most people, the state of being in love lasts anywhere from six months to three years. And then it pretty much goes away. Mm -hmm. But that's when the real love starts. That's when real adult mature love starts. So that was just one of the things I discovered Mm -hmm. over the course of doing 200 hours of interviews with the world's leading experts on love, marriage, and relationships. Got it. Thanks a lot for sharing. And that's a wonderful story that you shared with us. You began with the intent of being a student of love. And you wonderfully shared with us today that there's a difference between just 
being in love and the state of love, right? Uh, I mean, uh, when we fall in love, then we experience a state and that's wonderful connected to some of the chemicals that we experience deep within, oxytocin, serotonin. Yeah, it feels great. It feels dopamine, great, right? Dopamine is awesome. <laughs> right. But what after that? And if you depend just on that, then there's a good chance that you will depart and you each will go your separate ways. But then you need to get into the behavior of what are those practices or those habits or right. these things you do on an ongoing basis. AJ, mm -hmm. one of the things we should do right define what a soulmate is because everybody's got a different idea Most that's my next question are, exactly okay? <laughs> so, so i believe that a soulmate is first and foremost somebody you can completely be yourself with okay somebody with whom you share unconditional love and when you look into their eyes you have the experience of being home and mm. if you accept that definition the truth is we all have dozens if not hundreds of soulmates it could be your parents your siblings right. your children your friends your cats your dogs your business partner your co-workers and for the single people listening if you make a list of all these soulmates you already have while mm -hmm. you're looking for your romantic soulmate by doing a daily practice of gratitude for all the love you already have in your life you make your heart magnetic to calling in a romantic soulmate. Wonderful. That's a shift for sure, because we tend to associate soulmates just with that romantic one person who is there somewhere in the world and we're looking for them. But this is a shift and that's wonderful to note. Uh, if we keep feeling that emotion of gratitude mm -hmm. by recognizing the soulmates that we already have, there's a highly higher chance for us to actually attract. Right, because what you put your mm. attention on grows. So if your attention is on, oh, dear God, I am so lucky. I have so much love in my life. Mm -hmm. Mom loves me. Dad loves me. Sister loves me. Brother loves You know, and just every day, thank the universe for all the love you have. You mm. will only, you can't help but get more love. Whereas wow. most single people spend a lot of time in desperation, moaning, groaning, complaining. Oh, I don't have any love in my life. Love is missing. I'm a mm -hmm. loser when it comes to love. No, there's nobody out there for me. I'm mm -hmm. too old. I'm too fat. I'm too damaged. The one that was got away. Because mm -hmm. they live in this limiting belief that we each only get one big love in a lifetime. And that's absolutely not true. There are so many potential romantic soulmates out there for everybody, no matter what your age, weight, income level, where you live geographically, none of that matters. There's plenty mm -hmm. of love out there, but you have to come from an abundance mindset. Got it, got it. So speaking about abundance, let's move on to the topic of contracts because you write about the sacred contracts in our life so help our audience understand what exactly are these sacred contracts please sure well my belief is i believe in reincarnation okay and so in between each life mm -hmm. i believe we have a life review of what we've done in the past life what karmic debts we need to repay in the next life and mm -hmm. then we also choose our family and major events in our life that we program. Mm -hmm. And with these people, we have sacred contracts. So you pick your mother, you pick your father, you pick your siblings, you pick your mate or more than one mate because 
Sometimes soulmates meet, marry, have children, mm -hmm. and then there's an expiration date. The relationship's mm -hmm. over and they get another soulmate. So that's also possible. So right. I believe we come in with sacred contracts, but generally we forget them at the time of birth. We're meant to forget them. But then when you meet somebody who becomes your romantic partner, generally there's this sensation like, oh, I've known you before. Mm. Now having that sensation isn't a good enough reason to marry them because oh. what you're looking for is a soulmate slash life partner. And this is where people get really screwed up. They meet somebody, oh, I've known you for lifetimes. Oh, I feel so excited about you. Oh, we were meant to be together. The chemistry is really hot. But they have no capacity to make you happy. They have mm. no capacity to spend a lifetime with you. So what's really important to know is to understand the elements of a long-term great marriage. And so, yes, chemistry is nice and it's good mm. to have some of that although it's not the most important thing you want to have connection compatibility communication which thank god can be learned because most of us don't innately have good romantic communication skills but the single most important factor of being happy together mm -hmm. is a shared vision for the future right shared vision so this means we both want kids or we both don't want kids that's right. like not negotiable mm -hmm. you know i want to live at the beach you want to live you know way out in the boondock somewhere mm -hmm. not going to work out you know um so you don't have to be on the same page about everything but on the big things you do and it's too late after you take sacred vows to negotiate that you want to negotiate that long before I mean, there's some people who have been married, gotten divorced, had a bad experience and swear they're never going to get married again, mm -hmm. you know? And if you're dating somebody whose lifelong dream is to have a wedding and be married, mm. you're not going to work it out, you know? So, so this is why dating is so important. Mm -hmm. And I believe that if you meet somebody that looks like they have great potential and you both agree to be in a committed relationship, you have to give yourself at least a year to really get to know them, get to know their family and friends. They need to know your family and friends. Make sure you're not jumping over any red flags, you know, and then decide, do we want to spend our lives together? Because it's a big deal. It's mm. probably the biggest decision you're ever going to make, especially if you're thinking about bringing children into the world. You know, so you have to look at this like not based on your feelings, although mm -hmm. feelings are important, but you right. have to use your logical, rational mind, you know, like, are we going to be happy together? Mm. And what does that look like? Got it. Thanks a lot for sharing. This is really, really useful and action tribe. I hope you are listening to what is being shared right now. There are sacred contracts that you have gotten into with those beings in your house that you refer to as family in your previous lifetime. And uh, Ariel, what I also believe, and I've thought about this, especially over the last couple of weeks, but so there are sacred contracts, but also there's a sacred project that a specific family is embarking on during a particular lifetime, a lesson that we need to learn collectively. And this could be regarding money, this could be regarding relationships, this could be regarding health, but a sacred, uh, I guess, project learning that a family 
uh, has to go through uh, during this lifetime. So thanks a lot for sharing that uh, with us. And also Action Tribe, the fact that, uh, you know, you're not only supposed to look for love, but will that person be a great life partner? In other words, do they have a vision of being with you in the long term? So right. uh, uh, now what I love that you uh, about what you mentioned in your book is the fact that you speak about it irreconcilable differences are normal and you go on to say that a marriage is like a marathon to be a marathon runner it takes constant effort to stay in form so talk to us about the irreconcilable differences for a moment please so (laughs) the world's leading researcher on marriage is a professor at the university of washington named dr john gottman and he's been running a thing called the Marriage Lab for over 50 years. He is so good at what he does mm-hmm. that he can observe a couple yeah. for 15 minutes and know within 94% of certainty if the marriage is going to work or not. That's oh. how good he is. So part of his research discovered that every single couple has a minimum of nine irreconcilable differences. These are things you will never agree on ever. So there's simple things like the the biggest one is money. One person's a spender, one's a saver. One's always on time, one's always late. One's a neat freak perfectionist, the other one's a messy slob. One wants it cold, one wants it hot. One wants Mm -hmm. sex twice a day, one wants it once a month. And what people don't know and what they get Mm -hmm. divorced over is they don't know that this is normal. It's absolutely normal. It is not normal to get divorced because you have these differences. And the way to work through them is to come up with creative solutions. And I'll I'll share the one that first confronted me when I got married. So I grew up in a Jewish family. There's DNA that runs through generations about poverty consciousness. Oh, we're going to starve. There's never Mm. enough. People are out to get us. So I grew up my whole life fearful of becoming a bag lady. Mm. And my parents fought every single day over money. And my grandmother lived with us for a while, which was a big mistake. And she was (laughs) a survivor of the depression. And I heard about how they slept under newspapers because they had no heat and they nearly starved. So I made up my mind at an early age that when I grew up, I was going to make plenty of money and I was going to hold on to my money and I was never going to go hungry and I was never going to end up as a bag lady. I marry a man who grew up in a very affluent country club lifestyle Mm-hmm. Parents had plenty of money, never occurred to him not to buy the best of everything. His mother taught him to only buy designer clothes. He only drank the finest wine. He started making money right out of school. Money was not his issue. Mm-hmm. Now, here we are in our 40s. We get married. We've both had successful careers. We're both earning money. Mm-hmm. Lack of money was not the issue. What the issue was was how he spent the money. Mm. because I had never bought anything that wasn't on sale. I had never owned a design or anything, even though I could afford it. I was hoarding the money, afraid of being a bag lady. And he was spending the money because in his abundant mindset, that he came from plenty, he made plenty, there always would be plenty. But I was really troubled by it. So the first thing I had to do was, A, acknowledge that I had poverty consciousness, because up until that point, 
I didn't know that really. I mean, it was all unconscious. I actually went to right. therapy. And then I had to tell them the truth. I had to tell them the truth about my my childhood where I would come home from school and the water was turned off because the bill wasn't paid or the car had been towed away because the payment hadn't been made and all the screaming matches about. I thought that was normal because in my household, fighting over money was normal. So eventually we came to a, a creative solution. And the creative right. solution was we had three bank accounts. I had my money. He had his money. And then we had our joint account. And the agreement was we didn't police each other mm -hmm. on the individual accounts. But on the joint account, nobody spent more than like $300 without informing the other. Oh. And now, 22 years later, it's no longer an issue. You know, we, we don't even have three accounts anymore because he's a very financially responsible person. I have learned to enjoy the finer things in life, although I still won't buy myself designer stuff. He'll buy them for <laughs> me, right? And I taught him how to shop sales. Yeah. So it worked out. But, you know, 50% of divorces are caused by money issues. When right. the truth is, when you're looking to marry somebody, don't be looking at how much money they have in the bank because that comes and goes. You have good years and bad years. You want to look and see. This is crucial. Mm -hmm. Are they financially responsible? Mm. Because you can't change them later. Right. So even if they have a lot of money, but they're gambling yeah. or they're you know doing crazy things, right. ultimately, if you have a money issue, it's going to come back to bite you. Action Tribe, as I record this session, we're not only moving into a new season, but also a brand new decade, which means a lot of energetic shifts all around that can affect your state, your sleep, your stress levels, and your overall mood. And if you're an empath, then you know what I mean. If you're on this boat, then the team at Uveda can definitely help. They've got a variety of organic Ayurvedic supplements that can help you experience more balance and peace of mind in the midst of all this energetic shift. Their My Healthy Mood Kit contains an organic blend of ashwagandha, saffron, bacopa, shilajit, omega-3s and multivitamins that synergistically provide complete mood support. And they believe in sustainable farming, which means they only harvest their herbs in seasons that they naturally grow. And their products come in an easy-to-go daily dosage packaging, which eliminates the guesswork, especially if you've got to rush to work in the morning. So if you've been planning to balance your inner energies, your vata, pitta, and kapha, then now is a perfect time because they've put together an amazing offer for Action Tribe with a 35% discount. Visit uveda.com forward slash Action Tribe or apply coupon code Action Tribe at checkout. This season, gift yourself the experience of peace and tranquility. The link you need is youveda.com forward slash Action Tribe. Once again, that's youveda.com forward slash A C T I O N T R I B E. This is, this is a very fine point that I think uh, our listeners should know is to not uh, look at the 
amount of money particularly that they have but the behavior or the habit that they have when it comes to money their mindset about money because that is so hard to change right and thanks a lot for dropping these knowledge bombs just yeah. as we begin our episode today but i think that's a really great idea especially when uh you know each individual has a different relationship with money having three accounts can ensure that there's no not too much of an argument but then you right. have the central account and this is something that i'm going to take into my relationship as well but i should try well you know uh, i've been working on my poverty consciousness issues my okay. entire life and okay. i would say that i'm 80% over mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. you know but there are still days where an unexpected bill shows up Right. or or money that i counted on isn't going to come yeah and i contract and i panic but mm. i have a spiritual toolkit that i use where i'll do some eft tapping or mm. i'll do a heart lock in or mm. on days when i'm really going crazy i take out the statement from my money manager on my retirement account and i okay. just go to the bottom line and see it's impossible for you to be living on the street not only because you have money saved up yeah but i have so many friends and family nobody would ever let me go hungry at this point in my life but even now all these years later mm -hmm. i still have to do this nurturing self talk because mm -hmm. it's not just the issue i was born into it's the generational dna mm -hmm. of you know 6000 years of jewish relatives yeah being fearful around money. Ah, so that's a lot of information right there. So it's not just you, but it's generations and generations of, Ooh. I guess, genes and karma and uh, strong emotions and wows that can have an influence on the constitution and our outlook on life. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. And it happens. Every family has something, you mm -hmm. know, like my husband's family has, um, uh, what do you call that? there's there's a whole bunch of them that experience panic attacks okay and and um uh some of them even agoraphobia and some of them like some of the nieces and nephews it surfaced early mm -hmm. and some of them it didn't surface till they were in their 50s right but it's a genetic thing you know and so you have to understand that you could be married to somebody for 30 years and think you really know them mm -hmm. and something triggers that kicks off something in their DNA. And now you have to get to know them all over again. They're still the same person, but now there's this new thing to deal with. Just like all of us, as we age, we're breaking down. You know, right. I was talking to you yesterday, you know, Ramana Maharshi, one of the great seers of all time, mm. died of stomach cancer. And you would think to yourself, now why would an enlightened master get stomach cancer? Because he's in a human body. So ma no matter how many green drinks we have, no matter how much yoga and meditation we do, <laughs> no matter how much Reiki and chiropractic and acupuncture we get, yeah. the truth is we're all going to get sick. We're mm. all going to break down physically. Right. And the question becomes, you know, how loving and patient can you be with yourself and your loved ones to mm. help support them through it? Because the, the thinking that, well, what thought did you have to cause that? Yeah just so wrong and so ridiculous as if anybody wakes up in the morning thinking hmm maybe i'll give myself stage four colon cancer today you uh, know? Yeah. and yet there's a bunch of new age people running around thinking oh well you're sick obviously you had a bad thought 
Yeah, that's taking it to the extreme, right? Because right. there are um, so I many factors. People, it's like you know, <laughs> a lot. You know, a lot of what happens is our karma, our destiny. Yeah, you know, it's it's unavoidable. Nobody lives a hundred years mm. without ever getting something. So yes. you know, we have to be emotionally and spiritually prepared mm-hmm. just to deal with it as best we can. And the way I deal with it because it's it's happening a lot in my family right now is it's like i tell them let's celebrate the good days when you feel really good mm-hmm. and let's figure out ways to tolerate the bad yep. days knowing the good days are coming got it got it uh so i love that advice the fact that we're living in seasons life is not a you know one path journey there's ups and downs uh so talk to us about uh the moments when we have to sort things out and explore a solution with our spouse or our partner uh, you've named some things that couples should definitely avoid the four horsemen of the apocalypse so what are these things or these topics oh that's that's work. it's pretty complex let me break it down and make it simpler okay so so i know that my husband brian has never woken up in the morning with the thought oh i wonder how i can make ariel really crazy today Mm -hmm. that doesn't happen and yet there are days when he does stuff that does make me totally crazy and the question becomes, how do I best deal with it? So mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Let's say that last night we went to a party mm-hmm. and we were talking to Mary and Joe. Mm-hmm. And Brian said something that completely blew me away, pissed me off, got me angry. And in that moment, I could have ripped him a new one, mm-hmm. but I am well-mannered, so I didn't say anything. We got into the car at midnight to come home, and I knew we were both tired, so that wasn't the best time to talk to him about it. Yeah. Even though people say you should never go to bed angry, they're mm-hmm. wrong. Sometimes you, you're better off getting a good night's sleep, and you'll deal with the issue tomorrow. Right. So let's say in this made-up situation, that's what I did. I went to bed, and when I woke up in the morning, I, I would say to him, Brian, I have a problem that I need your help with. Mm-hmm. Do you have 10 minutes anytime today where I could talk to you about it? Mm-hmm. And of course, he would probably say, oh, yeah, tell me now. It's like, no, no, no. It's my problem. Just let's do it when it's convenient. He goes, great. Okay. Why don't we go for a walk at 4 o'clock? So mm-hmm. 4 o'clock, we go for a walk. And on the walk, I say to him, I know how much you love me. I know that you would never purposely do anything to upset me or make me unhappy. And last night when we were with Mary and Joe and you said ABC, mm-hmm. I really felt X, Y, Z. And then I stopped talking, not one more word. Now, what do you think is going to happen? He's just going to say, oh, my God, I didn't realize. I'm so sorry. I never meant to do that. I'm sorry mm-hmm. it came out that way. Will you forgive me? And that's the end of it. You know, I don't bring up other issues. You know, this is a, this is a one thing. But right. I, I, I own that it's my problem. I find out when it's convenient for you to talk. Mm-hmm. I don't shame and blame you or scream or yell at you. I just mm-hmm. tell you, here's my problem. This is what happened. This is how I saw what happened. Right. This is how I felt about it. 
and then you give the other person the chance to respond. Now, you may not like their response, yeah, which is okay too. You could just say, well, I don't agree with that, so let's agree to disagree, but yes, of course, I'll forgive you. Mm-hmm. And that's how you go through it. But you have to do it with a lot of consciousness. You know, if you just, if you're a person who just like wants to rant and rave and take off, you're going to say things you don't mean. Yeah. Nobody's going to feel safe around you mm-hmm. to share the truth. And we mimic each other's behavior. So even if your partner doesn't know how to talk like this, mm-hmm. you know, I learned a lot of this because Brian knows how to talk like this. You know, mm-hmm. I, I grew up in a house where people just screamed out stuff at each other. But okay. I began to notice that when Brian had something important to say to me, mm-hmm. he would always do it at a time that was appropriate. He'd create a safe, loving space. You know, he wouldn't make me wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and there, and so I now have years and years of trust, knowing I can talk to him about anything, really. God, I love this tip, and uh, of course, our Action Tribe listeners, I'm sure, are able to relate as well because we all have issues when we have a uh, misunderstanding, or like in your case, a social setting where our spouse said something that we didn't, that didn't quite, uh, you know. Uh, we didn't quite enjoy, we did not like. And so we want to get that out of our chest. But like you mentioned, you need to keep in mind two things. One is the context and how you're saying it. Like right. how do you prepare for, for what you need to say? Actually, tone of voice is really important. Uh, okay. So you need to be in a neutral space, which is okay. why if something comes up and you know you're really triggered and you're feeling a lot of some emotion, whatever it is, that's not the time. Give yourself a time out. Just say, you know what, this is such an important conversation. I need to go for a walk. I need to go meditate. I need to go take an aromatherapy bath. And let's Mm -hmm. come back together in a half hour, two hours, and and have a rational conversation. Because if you go into reaction mode, you're just going to make things worse. And as much as you'd like to, you know, punch them in the face or whatever, (laughs) don't do it. You know, this is why it's so important that you understand that you have to be an emotionally mature adult yes before you get married Mm -hmm. you know and also there's this tendency for people to when they have such issues to connect it with the person's identity rather than what they said so you said this this is how you are this is how you always are right that's the worst word in the dictionary when you say (laughs) you always or you never yeah you are just making their entire life wrong. And in fact, in Turn Your Mate Into Your Soulmate, I have an entire script Mm -hmm. on how to really listen to your partner when they're upset. And it's only five steps. It's really easy to learn. But basically, you know, if if AJ, you said to me, you know, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. I would say, well, let me see if I got this right. You Uh, said blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And you would say, Okay, yes. And then I would ask you, is there more? And then mm-hmm. you'd say, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And I blah, 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 blah back. Did I get it all? And you would say yes. And then I would say to you, well, I can see how this would upset you or make you angry or make you sad. And if you agree with them, you can say so. Or if you disagree, you can say, well, I don't really get it. But thank you for being willing to share that with me. You know, so you don't. It's not about caving in 
just right. for the sake of making it go away. Although that would be my tendency because I'm not confrontational and I hate confrontation. Mm-hmm. But of course, I'm married to a guy who's so comfortable with debate, and so we'll get we'll get through something. Mm-hmm. And I said, thank God this is over. And then two hours later, he wants to open it up again and go to the next level with it. It's like, oh, I thought we were done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) But that's what happens, you know, because we're different people. Right. Figure out how to coexist in a loving, kind, respectful, supportive, nurturing, lifetime partnership. And it's not easy. Got it. Got it. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for sharing that with us. And the thing that keeps coming to my mind is just because you have differences with your partner, these irreconcilable differences, it doesn't mean that that's a bad thing, but it's good to at least know what these differences are so that you can have these conscious discussions from time to time. Now, uh, you write about a term in your book called the Wabi Sabi. Mm-hmm. Uh, what exactly is that? Because it reminded yeah. me of wasabi, but of course it's not yeah. wasabi. Yeah, <laughs> Talk to us about that. <laughs> Wabi-sabi is an ancient Japanese aesthetic that honors okay. all things old, worn, imperfect, and impermanent. Mm-hmm. And it seeks to find beauty and perfection and imperfection. So let's imagine that this is an ancient uh, Chinese vase. Yeah. Worth millions. And it's got a long, crooked crack down the middle of it. The Japanese would take the broken vase, they would place it on a pedestal, and then they would shine a spotlight on the crack, Mm. looking for the beauty and perfection and imperfection. Mm. So I took that one step further and created what I call wabi-sabi love. And this is where we look to honor and find the beauty in our own imperfections and especially those of our mate. So I'll tell you a couple of stories of, of how you work that out. Sure. Um, when Brian and I first started living together, I noticed that every time I went into the bathroom and I would pick up the toothpaste, I'll show you, it was like it was all like crumbled from the middle. Right? <laughs> I squeezed from the middle. Yeah. And I would say to him, honey, let me show you the proper way to get toothpaste Mm -hmm. out. I said, what you want to do is you want to squeeze from the bottom and then roll it up. And that's the correct way. And he would look at me like I was so nuts. Like I was so out of my mind. He wouldn't even respond. Mm. And yet every time I'd see my mangled tube of toothpaste, I would have these really negative thoughts and feelings. It's like, Mm -hmm. why can't he just do it right? Why does he have to ruin my tube of toothpaste? Yeah. And then I started thinking, well, I don't want to have all these negative thoughts over something as stupid, right, mm-hmm. as a tube of toothpaste. And yet, for me, it was very real. Yeah. So then I thought, well, maybe we should have two tubes of toothpaste, and he can mangle his, and I'll do mine. But then I realized just seeing his would mm-hmm. still evoke this negativity. Right. So one day I'm in the bathroom, and I took the tube of toothpaste, and I put it in the palm of my hand, and I talked to it. And I said, what's good about you? Like, what's good about you being a mingled tube of toothpaste? And it talked back to me. And it said to me, thank God you married a man who brushes his teeth. Mm. And then I just started laughing. And then I realized that's what, it doesn't matter about the tube of toothpaste. What matters is we're going to grow old together and he's still going to have his teeth. Mm. So I took something that I saw as imperfect Mm -hmm. and found some perfection in it. And without him having to change, 
I was able to change my point of view, my perspective, my story about the behavior. And that's what we need to do because they're going to constantly do stuff mm -hmm. that we don't like. I'll, I'll tell you another story. I had a woman in one of my workshops once who stood up and she said, I have a problem even you can't solve. Mm -hmm. I said, what's that? She said, well, my name's Stephanie and I've been married to Garth for 16 years and I'm a total perfectionist, clean freak, neat freak. Mm -hmm. Garth is a total messy, chaotic slob. And I don't know that I can take it anymore. She said, the thing that keeps us together now is that he travels out of state two weeks of every month. So okay. when he's gone, the house is perfect. And then within hours of him getting home, it's a mess again, and it's making me crazy. So I said to her, well, Stephanie, do you have a dog? And she said, yes. I said, does your dog shed? She said, yes. I said, what do you do when the dog sheds? She said, oh, I get out the vacuum cleaner and I clean it up. And I said to her, well, Stephanie, do you love your dog? And she got really quiet. And then she said, oh, no, Garth sheds. And she saw in that moment, just like the dog can't help shedding, mm -hmm. Garth can't help being a slob. It's just who he is. Right. And a year after this, I called her because I wanted to know, was this just a momentary aha Thing that happened in a workshop mm -hmm. or were they divorced or what was going on yeah and when i got her on the phone i said i just wanted to check in and see how how are things with garth mm -hmm. and she said oh my god they've never been better we've never <laughs> been happier she said yeah. things are so good that he quit his out-of-state job so mm -hmm. that he could have a home-based business and work together 24 7 and yep. yes he's still a slob mm. So that's the power of wabi-sabi love. Got it. So I love this concept and especially the example of the toothpaste because I also have that pet peeve with my own girlfriend. I love it, you know, squeeze from bottom bottom up and uh, she sometimes squeezes it all the way, you know, all throughout. Uh, so for the other example, uh, could I play devil's advocate a bit? Sure. What if there's some other lady who has a similar experience and she says that isn't love also you paying attention to what your spouse is telling you again and again and doing what they love, like cleaning up the house or changing yourself just to uh, reciprocate. If you spent, if you spent <laughs> 16 years bitching, moaning, and complaining yeah. to your spouse to clean up yeah, and they don't because it's not ah. in their consciousness, they weren't raised that way. Right. You know, I'll give you another example from Brian and I. So when, when we moved in together, yeah. I had lived alone for 44 years. Yeah. And then every time Brian would go in the kitchen, he'd say to me, why is your coffee cup still in the sink? How mm. much effort is it to put it in the dishwasher? Because <laughs> yeah. he grew up with a stay-at-home mom who had yeah. a pristine kitchen. And mm -hmm. I look at him, it's like, it's one cup. It'll yeah. get there eventually. What's the big deal? Yeah. And then he would say to me, why are there crumbs around the toaster? And I'm thinking, mm. crumbs? What crumbs? This went on for six months to the point that every time he walked near the kitchen, I was thinking, oh, God, what did I do now? <laughs> and one day he walked into the kitchen and he had this really crazy grin on his face. Mm. And I said, well, what's going on? He said, well, I got up in the middle of the night to get a glass of water. And I saw your coffee cup in the sink. And I saw the crumbs around the toaster. 
and I fell even more in love with you. And I'm kind of like, huh? Mm. And he said, I realized in that moment, I'm the one with the problem. I'm mm. the one who doesn't like the coffee cup in the sink. I'm the one who doesn't like the crumbs. So I just want to tell you that I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to cleaning up after you because you clearly have a blind spot when it comes to crumbs around the toaster. Mm. Got it, so got you it. can argue that's what love is. Yes. You know? Because yeah. if what they're doing is leaving wet towels on the floor and they've been leaving wet towels on the floor forever, you mm -hmm. can take one second to pick up the towel yeah. or you could be annoyed forever. Yeah. And then there will come a day when they've died and gone to heaven and you would beg to have a wet towel on the floor. So mm -hmm. really, what are you, you know, like, what are you going to argue about? Because we're all doing stuff all day long that we wish the other wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. You know, like I leave drawers halfway open. Ryan's constantly closing him. He did this morning. He was on the elliptical machine. I was mm -hmm. in the bathroom putting on makeup and I see he gets off the machine to close the drawer. You know, he leaves the refrigerator door partially open all the time. Right. Now, I can tell him five times a day, you left the door open again, or I can push it shut, which is what I do. It's just mm -hmm. like, do you want to make yourself crazy trying to turn an imperfect person into your idea of perfection? Or mm -hmm. do you want to just love and accept them for exactly who they are? Now, there's some caveats to this. If there's bad behavior abuse or active addiction lobby yep. lobby love is not going to work you need professional help but for the everyday irritations you know like they don't park the car in the garage as close to the wall as you would like them you right. know what they're doing the best they can they have different peripheral vision than you are they're afraid of hitting the wall whatever it is either give them a new parking space or move the car but mm -hmm. you know, try to Come, this is your best friend, your partner, your lover, your safe place to land. Give them a break. Got it. So that is wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. And I love this conversation because this is something that everyone can uh, implement today, right away. It's yeah. very practical and uh, they will see shifts immediately. And I appreciate you sharing that and explaining this concept um, to a deeper level. Uh, and you spoke about blind spots. You write about uh, our shadow self in your book. So talk to us about our shadow self that is usually in the dark because yeah. uh, you've alluded to the fact that it has great power over our lives. So for the benefit of our audience, what is this shadow self well, and how can we uncover it? The work of my sister, Debbie Ford, she wrote a book called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers and she was on Oprah many times. And so the shadow, when mm -hmm. I know about it, I learned from her. But basically we all come into being a person with both a light shadow, our good stuff, the stuff okay. we're happy to recognize, we're kind, we're loving, we're generous, we're compassionate, mm -hmm. and a dark side. You know, we're envious, we're jealous, we're angry, we're mm -hmm. lazy, whatever it is. And most of us want to suppress our dark side. And I believe that we should always out ourselves first, especially when you're dating. Mm -hmm. You know, just let somebody know, like the stuff you're thinking, oh, I hope they don't find that out about me. Mm -hmm. They're going to find it out sooner or later. Like, for instance, with me, I when I sit down to eat with people that don't know me well, yeah, the first thing I tell them is I'm a very messy eater. Mm -hmm. 
my food is going to get on me and it's probably going to get on you. And if I'm stealing French fries off your plate, <laughs> just expect that. I yeah. just, I'm just a slob that way. I'm the messy yeah. one in the family, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I believe in outing yourself. Get to know what your dark side is. You know, if you if you're somebody who gets envious really easily, you could say, you know, I have the green monster inside of me. I don't know why I was born this way. You know, I see somebody really succeeding and I want what they've got and I start to feel bad like I'm not good enough. Tell the truth about who you are because the truth is if you were really perfect, mm-hmm. nobody would love you. Mm. If you were perfect, nobody would love you. And yet yeah. people are programmed to think, I'll be lovable when I'm perfect. Yeah. You know, what we most love <laughs> is when people are vulnerable with us. Right. You know, you could say to somebody, you know, like, I think you're just the coolest person I've ever met. And my insecure voice in my head is telling me I'm not good enough for you. Mm-hmm. So if you want to give me some extra hugs, that would be really useful. Now, how could you not love somebody who's sharing themselves that way as opposed to being withdrawn and introverted, which may be perceived as cold and unavailable? Mm. Got it. Yeah, that's really useful. I mean, to be able to firstly go deep inwards and to find out things of your things about yourself that you may not know. And then when you have that conversation or when you're in that interaction, you're bringing that forth uh, so that people don't assume that you're doing it slyly and people, you know, you know, like I have that rapport really defensive, you know, and I remember Early, in the early days with Brian, say to me, God, you're so defensive. But mm. nobody had ever said that to me before. And then I started to notice, oh, I really am defensive. He's mm. actually, you know, helping me grow, which is really the value of marriage. Harville Hendricks, who's another one of the great marriage researchers, in fact, Oprah calls him the marriage whisperer. Okay. He believes that the true purpose of marriage is for us to come together in a sacred container to heal each other. Mm. He says that once you've taken sacred vows, then it's safe for all your childhood wounds to surface and be healed because you're in this container of love, which means it's not always going to be pretty Mm because the childhood wounds aren't pretty. But when you're with somebody who really loves you and is going to love all of you all the time in spite of your craziness, then it's safe. And that's what the true purpose of marriage is, is for healing. Now, you and I talked about this briefly before we started this, which is this doesn't work if you're just in a committed relationship. Hmm. In order to get the healing part of relationship, you must take the sacred vows. Mm-hmm. There's another piece to this, and this has been scientifically proven. People who are happily married yeah. live longer, heal faster, and have more satisfying lives. And the reason for this is what they've named the marriage effect. Mm-hmm. Now, people who are living together in a committed relationship and are happy don't get the marriage effect. Now, they don't know exactly why, but Harville's theory is, is that the prehistoric part of our brain knows that if we're just in the committed relationship, but we haven't taken the vows, 
we can be left in an instant. Mm -hmm. So until we have the safety of publicly proclaiming our sacred vows to each other, yeah. that's when the marriage effect can, can um, kick in. So if you want to live a long, healthy life, one of the most important things to do beyond eating right and exercising and meditating and all of that, which is good and important, the most yep. important thing is having a happy marriage. Got it. And uh, for the benefit of our listeners, could you tell us the name of the person who did this uh, study? On the marriage effect? Yeah, the marriage effect. Oh, you, know, you can Google it. I don't remember. There was a couple of different people attached to the science. But okay. if you Google marriage effect, you will okay. definitely find it. Perfect. I'm noting that down because I want to definitely learn more about it. It's really, really intriguing. Now, uh, Ariel, as you might uh, expect, we have many listeners who want to breathe a new life into their relationships and rekindle the magnetism right? that got them, that brought them into the relationship in the first place. Uh, and you talk about igniting love through more pleasure points in your book. So talk to us more about this, please. Um, okay, so there's a couple of parts to it. So I believe that we are all personally responsible for our happiness. So first and foremost, we need to make ourselves happy. Yes. And if you happen to be in a great relationship, that will add happiness to your life. But if mm -hmm. you don't go into the relationship already happy, it can't fix you. Yeah. And for women in particular, um, they need to have a huge full tank of oxytocin mm -hmm. because when women get stressed out, which they do every day, they got work, they have kids, they have aging parents, they have money issues, they have body issues. Mm -hmm. So all that stress eats up their oxytocin. Okay. So what I suggest they do is become pleasure puppies. Mm -hmm. And the way to be a pleasure puppy is to create something you do every day that adds pleasure to your life. And I'll give you lots of examples. So it could be getting a foot rub or a massage, getting your hair done, getting a manicure, a pedicure, going shopping. You don't have to buy anything. Just mm -hmm. the act of seeing, touching, smelling will build oxytocin. Doing acts of service, petting an animal, singing, dancing, laughing, having drinks with your girlfriends. Mm -hmm. All of these are oxytocin builders. So I would suggest that every day when you sit down to make your to-do list, the number one item will be what pleasure will I give myself today? Right. Now, here's what doesn't count. If you're doing a daily meditation practice, that doesn't count. That's a habit. Right. If you're doing yoga every day, doesn't count. It's a habit. Okay. So it has to be something special that you're not doing every day already. So for me, it might be, Someday it might be a really awesome piece of chocolate. Mm -hmm. Another day I might just go dancing around my office. Another day if I don't have a lot of time, I'll listen to Andrea Bocelli sing the prayer for four and a half minutes. Uh, often I'll get at least one foot rub a week. But it needs to be a conscious practice to rebuild oxytocin. Now men, it's totally different. So when yeah. men get stressed out, it's because they need to rebuild the testosterone levels. Mm -hmm. And the very fastest way to do that, most men won't be able to do, it's crazy, but the fastest way to rebuild testosterone is to chop wood. Chop wood? Okay. Chop wood. <laughs> the second <laughs> way is to actually exercise or have sex. 
okay. with yourself or with your partner rebuilds mm -hmm. testosterone. Mm -hmm. Another great way is to watch sports. If you love sports, to watch sports. Okay. Watch sports. So if your husband or boyfriend comes home and that you can see they're visibly stressed or having a problem, mm -hmm. the absolute worst thing you can do as a woman is say mm -hmm. to them, do you want to talk about it? Mm -hmm. Ask them if they want to talk about it. Hand them the remote control and a beer and tell them to go watch Sports Center for an hour. And then if there's anything you, you know, they need from you to ask for it. But don't become big mama and start mm -hmm. saying, Oh, honey, let me fix your problems. That will mm -hmm. only deplete his testosterone level right. more. So we need to understand how we operate. You know, women are always complaining, oh, he goes off into this cave. Yes, mm -hmm. men go off into caves. Why? They need to regenerate testosterone. They need to take care of themselves. Just like you might go and have drinks with your girlfriend or go do Pilates or go get your hair done to rebuild yourself. That's men go into a cave to rebuild themselves. Got it. Thanks a lot for sharing that. That was really, really useful. And, uh, you know, in, on the same topic, uh, many of our listeners want to boost their levels of intimacy in their relationship. And you've recommended an exercise and some wonderful advice towards the end of your book. So firstly, what according to you constitutes as intimacy? And then what have you found over the years that helps build uh, that level of intimacy, especially in a long-term relationship? Well, I think it's really about telling the truth about yourself to your partner and revealing who you are and being okay. available. Uh, one of the things John Gottman always talks about is that when you're with your partner, mm -hmm. put down all electronics, physically turn your body towards them, okay. look into their left eye, and listen. They, John Gottman calls it bidding. So that mm. when you're fully present with them, you're creating the space for intimacy to arrive. Okay. You know, so you want to really be with them. And it's easy to be distracted, you know, especially when both of you have smartphones. Right. You know, my husband refuses to have one. And if he sees my, the only time he likes my smartphone is when he wants me to look something up for him. But for okay. the most part, <laughs> it's an intrusion in our relationship. Yeah. Because I'm a bad listener to begin with, and he, mm -hmm. his core wound is he wasn't listened to as a child. So it's like perfect oh, okay. we're together. I've had yeah. to teach myself how to listen better, and he's had to learn that sometimes when he thinks I'm not listening to him, it's just his old programming. So, you know, really being available. The other thing that I talk about, I'm not sure if you're referencing this or not, if you want to jumpstart your sex life, if it's mm -hmm. gotten really old and boring and dull, the number one thing to do is novelty. And one of the things to do is to pick an activity mm -hmm. that both scares both of you. Something oh. that you might even perceive as life-threatening. So it could be skydiving, bungee jumping, roller coaster, whitewater, river rafting, watching mm. a scary movie. But it needs to be something that both of you have some fear around. Hang okay. And then make a date to go do it together mm -hmm. and then book a hotel room for mm -hmm. afterwards. Because what happens when you have a simultaneous shared adrenaline rush? It kickstarts all the chemicals in your brain back mm. to when you were feeling in love. So okay. it's a good way to jumpstart your sex life. 
Got it. And then moving into an unfamiliar territory, like a hotel rather than know. going back home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a wonderful exercise as well. I mean, uh, Action Tribe, amusement park, scary movie, Whatever, going yeah. on an adventure. Skydiving, hang gliding. Skydiving. Whitewater. Skydiving is pretty, pretty tough. <laughs> jumping. Okay. Now, the other thing, I'll tell some of the singles out there. Yeah. It's also a way to uh, jumpstart a relationship. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't do this on the first three dates. Okay. But if you're headed towards date four or five and you really want things to go to the next level and you're mm-hmm. sure you want them to go to the next level, yeah. you can do that as well. Oh, so you're saying the same thing for the, I thought you were sharing yeah. another uh, no, no, piece of work. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, so there you go. A shared adrenaline rush. So okay, so there you go. Action tribe, whether you're you know in a relationship with a long term one, or if you're new to that particular relationship, yeah. this will work. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ariel. These are some wonderful stories and insights and and and, and nuggets of wisdom that you've shared with us so far. Based on what you've shared, what is it one action step that you'd like to recommend for our listeners to do maybe later on in the day or maybe during this week? Yes, thank you for asking that. So I would say sit down and write your partner a love letter, like the gushiest, smushiest love letter ever. Like go back first, start with a list of all the reasons you fell in love with them in the first place and all the high points that you've experienced together and all the qualities they do and all the ways they love and support you. And then write them a really beautiful, long love letter and put it inside a beautiful I love you just because card Mm -hmm. and then put it somewhere where they'll find it when you're not around Mm. because that will open up the space for a lot of past misdeeds to you know let go of and a way to reconnect and it's not asking anything of them it's just a big fat wet kiss of acknowledgement appreciation thanks a lot for sharing we'll have this up in the show notes for sure action tribe if you're enjoying this session so far especially if you're on your iphone or apple device then make sure that you hit the subscribe button because that'll ensure that you do not miss out on any new episodes that we come out with once again hit the subscribe button on your iphone you don't develop courage by being happy in your relationships every day you develop it by surviving difficult times and challenging adversity now this is an amazing quote by epicurious uh being happy all the time is in some ways unnatural especially when in a long-term relationship there are bound to be challenges and misunderstandings and tough conversations and emotional ups and downs like we're learning today some people just give up and they move their own way and some people they don't give up instead during a tough time they come together they face their differences they express their emotions engage in dialogue and be in a supportive conducive environment that will facilitate this exchange and as, and as a result of that tough situation that particular relationship is strengthened and is taken to a whole new level because as epicurus reminded us over 2000 years back you develop it by surviving difficult times and challenging adversity So Ariel could you talk to us about one time in your life where you sort of experienced a, a difficult moment or an obstacle or a roadblock and also tell us how you overcame it or what did you do to sort of go through it 
Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, you know, pretty much I get through all the difficult moments the same way, which is it, by doing EFT tapping. For me, that's okay. just the go-to thing for whether I'm angry and frustrated or sad or depressed or confused. For me, tapping is the fastest way back to becoming heart-centered. And I, I just remembered something, AJ. I actually have a free ebook on how to write a love letter yep. that I'm happy to share with your audience, but it's going to take me a minute to find it. So I'll email you the link. Okay. But it's, uh, it's a collection of love letters Brian and I have written each other over the years, along with the step-by-step -step guide on how to write a great love letter. Cool. That would be awesome uh, for all our listeners, especially since that was your uh, takeaway or your action step. Yeah. Just having this know-how in terms of uh, yeah. how to write that love letter would be really useful. So yeah, you can just send it to me whenever you have a moment. Okay, I'll put and it yeah, I'll add it into the show notes okay. for sure. Uh, yeah. Action Tribe, I hope you enjoyed today's session and you now have that one thing or two things or three things that you can try out in your life. Through my interviews with people and my study of Vedanta, I'm finding that the positive and ne negative experiences that we have on a daily basis are nothing but a reflection of our state of being. In other words, the universe around us is but a macrocosm of the universe that is within us. And this analogy can be extended to relationships as well. The thing that triggers us most about our partner is usually a wound within us that we don't even know about, like we're learning today. And instead of blaming the other person, what we should do is heal ourselves because that will make all the difference. And just as Deepak Chopra, who happens to be a good friend of Ariel, he said, when you struggle with your partner, you are struggling with yourself. Every fault you see in them, it touches a denied weakness in yourself. Yeah. So think about that for a moment. And with that, we have come to our last round for today, which is the wisdom round, which mm -hmm. has four questions okay. so that our listeners can take note and take action in a rapid fire style. Okay. So what is that one piece of advice that, that you've, that you felt was the best piece of advice and that you received over the years? Um, you know, my father told me a gazillion years ago that if I really wanted to get to know somebody, to travel with them, mm -hmm. and he was absolutely right. You know, who people really are shows up really quickly when you go on a trip with them. So if you're dating somebody and, and you want to go to the next level, go on a little weekend trip. Because who they really are will show up. If you could turn back time and spend one hour with someone who is currently living or dead, who would it be? Oh, um, uh, my sister. She's on the other side. I'd love to spend another hour with her. That would be great. Cool. And what is that one thing that you do in the morning or maybe in the evening before you go to sleep that has improved the quality of your life? Oh, um, I take I take an aromatherapy bath every single morning because all my good ideas come to me when I'm in the bathtub. <laughs> I find that too. These days I'm experimenting with 
cold water showers ah. and some warm also. So sort of going back and forth between the two. And I found that to be really, really powerful. Yeah, water is a great con conductor for creativity. Ah, so there you go, Action Tribe. Uh, and if you could recommend one book for our listeners today, what would it be? Oh, 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 oh. God, I love books and I read all the time. Um, you know, I would say my sister's book, The Dark Side of the Light Chasers, because we all have a dark side and most of us have no clue how to access it and turn it into power. So the dark side of the light chasers. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. Action Tribe, would you like to receive one book for free? Because audible.com, which is the company that creates audio books, is offering all our listeners one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can get to check out this new way of consuming books. So instead of reading them physically, you can listen to, in most cases, the author read out the book to you as well. So if you'd like to check it out, uh, if you'd like your free book and your free credit, go to my7chakras.com forward slash free book, my7chakras.com forward slash free book. Uh, so Ariel, thank you so much for joining us today. Before you go, what is that one thing that you are grateful for and how can we find you online and how can we get your book as well? Oh, well, let's see. Um, I'm really grateful that I get to do what I do. My life is spent teaching people how to find love, keep love, and be love. And it wasn't what I expected to do with my life, but I'm very grateful that I ended up here. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way to find me is at my website. It's soulmatesecret.com, soulmatesecret.com. Got it. We will ensure that this link is up in the show notes. Uh, so Action Tribe, thanks a lot for listening so far. If you are on Instagram, then take a screenshot of this episode and tag me so that I can share your story with our community. My handle is at my7chakras. That's at my7chakras. Ariel, are you uh, active on Instagram? We can give I a shout am, out. and my handle's at arielford44. Awesome. Make sure that you follow Ariel and get to know what she's up to in terms of her work and her contribution. And she has done so much. And if you have a question, comment, observation, or something that you'd like to share from this episode, make sure you email me. My email is aj at my7chakras.com. That's aj at my7chakras.com. So Ariel, thanks a lot for coming on our show, talking to us about the magic of relationships and taking us one step closer to a human revolution thank you thank you for listening to my seven chakras at my seven chakras.com that is my s-e-v-e-n chakras.com <laughs>